Hi, everybody. This is a podcast where real doctors discuss fake medical emergencies. That means that unless you are trapped in the middle of a human centipede, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Bader. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as Blackjack and Hookers, a financial planning podcast. This is... Hi, everybody. I got you with that one. Fitting. Uh, This is Hi, Everybody, a bad medicine podcast. Every week we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. You can find this podcast online on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HiEverybodyMD or at www.HiEverybodyMD.com. You can also call us, leave us a message, text us at 530-DOCTORB. That is 530-D-O-C-T-O-R-B. The B stands for bowel spasm because we are going to talk about Futurama, if you couldn't guess from Johnny's fake podcast intro. I love that Court. it took uh, frequent guest Courtney like six episodes to realize that no, those aren't real shows. It took way, way too long. And also, if you just figured that out right now, congratulations. Yeah. You learned something today. Yes. And it's that I'm a liar. <laughs> uh, we are talking about season three, episode two of Futurama, Parasites Lost. It is one of my favorite episodes of Futurama, easily. It's fantastic. Yeah. I completely forgot the whole third act Oh, like, uh, of Fry going in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a huge part. Yeah, yes. we recommend actually, this is one of those where I say, hey, go rewatch this and yeah. then listen to it. Because we're going to talk about a lot of minutiae. Yes. And also go watch Midsummer. Yes, always watch Midsummer. It is an, a fantastic movie. You're missing out if you're not watching. A B M, always be Midsummering. Yes. A B M. Speaking of this episode, yes, it uh, is A B M. Because mm-hmm. um, well, let's set up the premise of this whole yeah. episode. So, uh, Fry and crew go to a truck stop, and Fry's hungry and buys a sandwich from a truck stop bathroom right more specifically above a toilet yeah uh, uh, the vending machine where you would get uh non-trustworthy combs and condoms yes or lady goods or lady goods yes but it it, you know it's a trustworthy truck stop because the sign says employees must wipe hands on pants and i saw that and i'm (laughs) that got me real deep um it reminds me of like a restaurant we have here in uh, San Diego called yeah. Kindred. Uh, Kindred is fantastic. It yep. is a death metal vegan restaurant. Yep. The wallpaper is rainbow bright riding Satan. Yes. And on the walls, rather than employees must wash hands, it's employees must carve the Slayer symbol into their arms before returning to work. I appreciate it. It's pretty funny. And mm-hmm. um, not an ad. I know this is the second podcast in a row where I've said that. Great restaurant. Doesn't matter if you're a vegan. You should definitely still go there. Fantastic. But what they don't serve there, because it's not vegan, is egg salad sandwich. And right. That's the sandwich he chooses, where the tomato is already black, and it is very, very suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to eat sandwiches that are non-refrigerated, especially egg salad sandwiches. I know it's a hot take. A warm take. Room temperature take. Room temperature take, yes. But definitely, it looked very suspect. Culinary advice, not medical advice. Yes. And I think it was in the bacterial danger zone. And mm-hmm. it's something that we kind of tell people, like, don't eat egg salad or any kind of mayonnaise-based meal that's been out at room temperature for too long. When I was working in restaurants, it was anything uh, above 40 degrees for more than four hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a fair It's a fair thing. It's also why when people complain, why are all the things you use in the hospital so cold? 
that's a big reason why we don't want things growing in it. Mm-hmm. So if next time you're in the hospital and you're like, why is it so cold? We're just trying to prevent things from growing in it. Um, but uh, things did in fact grow in Fry because yes. he got the worms. Yes. But we learned this because they were fixing some kind of faulty. They were fixing the plasma boiler yes. in the basement. And then it exploded and a pipe went straight through him. Right. Which... Like Phineas Gage in an abdomen. Yes. Except uh, the usual outcome of that is death. Right. Um, I know I've made this comment many times on our podcast. There was not enough blood. Mm-hmm. And it made sense why there wasn't a lot of blood. Because there were a lot of worms in there, right? Too. And the worms were healing him. Yes, as a I, guy who has actually witnessed a pipe going through somebody, very bloody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen, I've seen, seen the, the X-ray. You've seen the X-ray. You've never the. I remember the real life picture of it, and there was a lot of um, how do you say tissue? There was a lot of tissue. A lot of gore. Yes, I was trying to make it a little clean, a little cleaner, um, but yeah, a lot of gore. A lot of fat. A lot of stuff. A lot of contents. <laughs> and I think that's the other thing people forget is if it goes through your abdomen, a lot of extra contents would be coming out. Through the pipe. Conveniently. It, some will come through the pipe. The rest of it will be leaking around the pipe. Because remember, there's no. it's not like you're tapping a maple tree to get maple syrup. If, you're, if a pipe goes straight through you, things are not going to go through the pipe and out. It's going to go around the pipe and on top like a balloon and then something bad happens <laughs> yes i sometimes feel like the fry of this podcast are you trying to explain things in a very short and simple way mm-hmm. like on star trek mm-hmm. yeah that's essentially what you just did <laughs> that's fry quote. it's one of the best fry quotes oh my god it's a good one um but then the pipe falls out in this huge like weird matrix of wires I yeah guess, like like basically they tapestry weave his skin back you know what it reminds me of do you remember glh no it was a very popular um infomercial by ronco ron popel and it was a spray on hair and it sprayed on like a matrix i'm personally offended you should be (laughs) but it was they called it glh for great looking hair and you would spray it on (laughs) and it would form this matrix over this guy's bald spot and would stick to whatever little hair he had left and it would just be this fresh coat of hair that he would comb and i'm like there's no way that looks real and th- that could work but that's what it reminded me of it looked uh, like ronco G-L-H. you can send your uh, coupon code for this to hi everybody podcast at gmail.com r.i.p rod papel <laughs> pull one out yeah but that's what it looked like to me it looked like glh spray where it just a matrix formed and then it just <laughs> held everything in place and that's what it looked like but yeah um, I also really enjoyed, especially because this was late 90s, uh, early 2000s, like last week's episode, uh, when HMOs were suddenly becoming a thing, that it was Dr. Zoidberg, a medical corporation. I remember that was a big thing. Even in residency, a lot of my attendings would classify themselves as professional corporations mm-hmm. for tax purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, I have not done that. <laughs> Because I don't work for my own group. I work for like a giant group. So it's really hard for me to be a professional. I mean, it it makes sense for tax. Like, this is not a financial planning podcast. That is Blackjack and Hookers. Yes. Uh, So moving on. Um, But I understood (laughs) why they used to do that stuff where where there were. And I remember there was one attending. He was just he would brag all the time about how he was a professional corporation with an employee of one. Mm -hmm. Stop. 
I just need to learn about why this guy is having difficulty breathing. I don't need financial advice right now. Probably should have, but I don't think I would have taken it from him. Of all <laughs> people. I think right now he ended up doing just shenanigans. I know some of his patients end up down here somehow. And that guy does some weird stuff. But the Not, company does great work. The company does great work. The The employee of one does some weird, weird things. I don't say the name because I don't want to get in trouble. Right. Or sued by this company. Right. Well, I mean, you work. know, it's hard to find good help right now. You know, nobody wants to work. He probably no. can't hire somebody. <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> Especially when it's his name, PC. Doesn't work super well. But Zoidberg, ooh, he would be a horrible employee for his one personal corporation. At Zoidberg. I, I would go to Zoidberg. I would not. I, I prefer my doctors to have more than two claws. <laughs> How many claws do you have, Jackson? Zero, but I have fingers that ah, can fing. They fing. Yeah. There they go. So we we saw the nanotech and that was our first hint that there's Wait, well well going back to that, like they had to say that he ate an egg salad sandwich and they had to look for it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, my favorite part was he goes, here's a scope. <laughs> exactly where I was going. Yeah. He, there's this, the, the scope, uh, Fry says, ah, guess again. Guess again. Um, can I just make a comment on how remarkably clean his colon is? Yes. I was going to ask you about that. And I think this might be something that's come up before on the podcast, we but did. we should always repeat it. It was on AP bio. I believe is the episode we discussed mm -hmm. this on. Um, if, if a doctor asks you to do bowel prep for a colonoscopy, Please do it. Otherwise, we know when you're lying. <laughs> there is a very easy way to know when you're lying when the first thing you run into is a big mound of poo. Right. Yeah. Fry's bowel. Oh, wow. That place used to be a big dump. <laughs> that was such a good line. There were very good, like, zingers in this one. I, I'm just going to quote the episode. That's all I'm here for it yes. at this point in time. Um, but then they find a city that's about in this embedded in his bowel emboweled in his bed yes correct um they use the term bowel very loosely <laughs> when they said ah. um, when they referred to bowel they were pretty much referring to the entire intestinal tract including mm -hmm. small and large and i think in this case they were i think they were just referring to the large and what so so what is the technical bowel i think it really depends. Like, because when you hear the term disembowel, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking about it, it, anything it, below the ribcage. Correct. But I think most of the time people refer to it just um, large intestines. Like, as you're cleaning your bowels, that's really what you're referring to. But it's not a med there. There is not a specific medical. This is the bowel. This is not small bowel, large bowel. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Sometimes that's how we would, we would refer to it. But I think in this case, they're mentioning the large bowel. And I think the thing that keys you in is the large bowel has the folds. Mm -hmm. Small bowel is more like a hose. Large bowel has like the folds that you think of when you think of bowel. And the small intestine is the long one and the long large intestine is the short one, right? Yes. The large intestine is a fat one. The small intestine is a skinny one. Mm -hmm. um, so those folds are called haustra and you can definitely see those haustras there. Huh. Yep. So if you ever did an x-ray of someone's belly, especially if they're distended with a lot of gas... You can actually see those little folds in the large intestines very, very well. So, and I think in this situation, it looks like it's in the large bowel. There's more things to anchor on. In general, it's drier than the small bowel okay. because the whole point of the large intestine is to, is absorb, to absorb, water. absorb the water. Yeah. So that's why it would be a lot drier. So 
in order to remo- remove these worms that are uh, infecting and ultimately improving Fry, mm-hmm. uh, they pull an incredible voyage. Yes. And uh, they create mini robots of themselves. Yes. And take the Planet Ex- mini Planet Express ship in through Fry's ear. It's essentially inner space. Right. Uh, with the plan of going uh, from the ear down the throat to the bowel. Correct. That How is, is that mapping working? That is a horrible mapping. Um, so technically, you can go from the ear to the throat-ish mm-hmm. uh, by going from the ear to the eustachian tube to the throat. It's a weird kind of passageway because it might be super narrow and your ship might not pass through. Okay. Um, I think the best way to, or you can potentially go to the nose, which then goes to the throat. Like the best way I explain it is, you know, when your nose is congested and you get on a plane, your ears hurt like hell. Mm -hmm. So that you have like the tube between the two that kind of balances out the pressure. That might be a passageway, but it's not a very common passageway and it can get clogged pretty well. Um, so not suggested. I think it would probably been easier for them to go through his nose though. That was finger con five. I think it was or pick con five. Yeah. Or go through the mouth. Or why don't they just go straight to the, the bottom? If Fry does it. Fry went straight to the bottom, and that was much easier. He started at the bottom. Now he's here. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you so much. Oh, that was terrible. Um, the other thing that kind of made me a little weirded out was how waxy Fry's ear was. I think that that is 100% medically accurate for Fry. However... His finger is very skinny because he's able to go real deep in his ear. You can't go that deep in your ear. And also, I tell kids, you're not supposed to put anything smaller than your elbow into your ear. Um, that's, huh. that's to prevent them from using Q-tips, which you should not be using Q-tips. That's bad for you. Actually, the other night, I pulled out a huge plug of cotton and earwax from a child's ear because they said it hurt a lot and they couldn't hear. And sure did it. We we definitely cleaned that kid's ear out here very well afterwards. I mean, even Q-tips say that that's not what they're for. Although, yes. don't, I don't know anything that you use them for. No one uses them to cle- clean the soap scum out of the ear folds. I like how they put, like, oh, you should use it to clean your laptop computer. Or applying makeup on dent- uh, delicately. Right below, it's like, do not put in ear canal. Everyone puts it in ear canal. Mm-hmm. And I know people think they're going to be crafty when they see the doctor. Like, I've never used an ear uh, Q-tip in my ear before. The fibers get left behind. You can totally tell if someone's using, using ear um, Q-tips on their ears just because of the Q-tip fibers. All patients lie. Uh, house house rule. It's the trust but verify, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, you know what? I believe you. I'm just going to check real quick just to make sure you're not lying to me. And, and then you get really disappointed in them very quickly. <laughs> so I would not go through the... I mean, kind of going back to the beginning, I wouldn't go ear to throat to abdomen. That's a very weird passageway to go. Question on the medical accuracy of one of Dr. Farnsworth's statements. Mm-hmm. Um, do the worms know, if you have, and this also ties into our uh, episode on pinworms. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have worms, do the worms know everything that you know? I mean, depends how smart they are, uh, but usually no. It depends if they're parasitic worms that are feeding off your blood supply. They'll know kind of when you're trying to poison them, but they're not going to do anything because they're stupid. Um, but also, no, they're not going to know. I'm just being facetious. There's no way they know. Okay. Yeah. How will they know? How will they know? Um, so they, they go in through through the ear. They get stuck in the earwax. Mm-hmm. 
um, they end up poking a hole in the eardrum. Yeah. That's real bloody. Really? In real life, if you poked your eardrum, it gets really, really bloody. You know what's the most common way to poke your eardrum? A Q-tip? Yep. Number one. Um, And then number two, surprisingly, pencils. That makes sense. Because people try to scratch their ear, and then they scratch the inside of their ear with a pencil, and then they puncture their eardrum. Mm -hmm. So um, That makes sense because, again, I'm an idiot. Have you done that to yourself? I I have not done that. I I could absolutely see myself doing (laughs) that. Well... It's not an uncommon thing. Everyone goes, oh, my God, I'm going to be deaf for the rest of my life because I puncture my eardrum. It heals super, super well um, because it's so vascularized. So the blood does carry factors to help healing. So in general, puncturing your eardrum, it's going to suck for the first like week or two, but your hearing's going to go back to normal. Okay. The big concern is if you puncture it deep enough that you hit any of the, the tiny bones mm-hmm. that make up that hit the, the anvil, eardrum. the hammer, and the strip. Yep. Those I don't know why I know that. Um. I know one of those bones is in operation. I think it's the stirrup. I think it's the stirrup, yeah. Because yeah, it's the weirdest looking bone. But definitely, you're going to be fine as long as you don't damage those bones. Uh, but we didn't talk about why they're making the journey. It's to get to one nerve in particular. Yeah, which we had to look up to see if it existed. And it is the pelvic spanklic... Spelvic, nah, go ahead, Jackson. It's the pelvic splanklic ganglion, which... A ganglion is just a bundle of nerves. So really, we're talking about the pelvic um, pelvic splanchnic nerves. And in general, and I had to look this up because it's been over a decade since I've done anatomy. um, It innervates the pelvic and genital organs, the bladder, and rectal motility. Motility means? Movement. But just the rectum. Oh. This is much deeper. So this could damn near kill him. I I hate you. I hate you so much right now. Um... But if you think about where these these uh, organs that they're mentioning are, that's way below mm-hmm. the um, the the rectum is 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 the, the is exit. the tail end. Yes, of, yes, it's the exit, mm-hmm. right? And then um, bladder, not related to your gastrointestinal system. Uh, genital organs, I really hope are not related to your pelvic uh, GI system. I mean, we're done with that. Uh, so yeah, the, that that's not the nerves that you're worried about. The nerves you're really worried about are like, yes, there's there's a lumbar splanchnic and the sacral plexus. Those actually innervate that area. Um, the hypogastric nerve and then the enteric nervous system in general. So that has a lot of nerves in general and can it's its, its own system because it's such a complicated um, process. Mm-hmm. So not the pelvic splanchnic ganglion. That's too low. You want it to go a little higher. But it's more fun to say so. And then going back to the ear itself, like once they went through the ear, they were right into his brain, right? Right. Yeah. That's not exactly how it works. And can you tune up the brain? Not by massaging it. Okay. Not so, by jazzercise. No. And that's the thing that people kind of mis- misconstrue is like if you have more brain matter, that means you're smarter. That's not always the case. Um Depends how many folds you have, because I have had patients that have lots of brain matter, but they are how you call a smooth brain, and they're not that smart. Um, you can also have other things that grow in your brain to make it bigger, but that doesn't make you smart either. Mm-hmm. That just means you have cancer. So massaging those nerves doesn't really do it anything. It's not like exercising in itself is tearing muscle fibers and then that regrow and get larger. You but the brain's not actually a muscle, even though that's a common meta or a common trope. Yeah, common trope. Yeah. So you can 
if you damage your brain, it's not going to grow back bigger. And I think that's what they were trying to make it look like in the episode is mm-hmm. that when you kind of massage it and kind of work it out, it gets bigger and bigger. That's what makes you smarter. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You're and not going to gain IQ points by massaging your brain. Okay. Yeah. And the ear is not a good path to... To the brain. No, because you're going to hit like a lot of space before you hit there. You need to break through another portion of bone really before you even hit the brain. Okay. I am feeling my head. Yes. Yes, there's bone there. Yes, you have the mastoid bone there too. So there's some there's some things that will kind of affect it to before you even reach your brain. There's so much bad anatomy. Like I actually wrote the entire pathway of how they got from ear to yeah, Because the, the, then they ended up. They went ear, brain, nose somehow. Yes. So they ended up in the nose. Um, then the ship gets beaten up by pollen. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's pollen. Yeah, because he was sniffing the rose. Yes. And then goes from the capillary to the sinus. And I think that's a big misconception. Everyone thinks what a sinus is. I'm sure when you're sick, you're like, oh, my sinuses are stuffy. But it's really your nose that's stuffy. Uh, true sinuses are actually right next to your nose and mm-hmm. above on, in your forehead area. So. Yeah, I remember getting weirded out the first time you told me that that that, your si- that you had sinuses in your forehead. Yes, so you have many sinuses. So when people tell me their sinuses are congested and they use the decongestant, really you're just decongesting your nostrils and your sinuses. Mm-hmm. So I think if they actually showed him going from capillary to sinus, first off, your sinus has blood in it now. That's a bad thing. Usually you get that from trauma. But then you just end up in an empty dead end that only drains from to the lymphatic system, which is not exactly where they're going to go, or to some other system. There's a lot of traffic discussion in this episode, it sounds like. Because from, from the sinus, they actually end up in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Or the love muscle. The love muscle, yes. And randomly in muscle itself, too. Because they were jazzercising some random muscles there, too. So, like, none of that fit together at all. So, I don't know. I can understand from the heart to the muscle, but then you're not going to go from heart to muscle and then down to the stomach. Mm -hmm. That doesn't connect very, very well. But they end up in the stomach somehow. I'm still not sure how. Like, seriously, just go through the mouth and you'll go where you need to go. But the stomach itself was a weird path, too. Did you notice the penny and the gum? I did. That's gum does stay there for seven years. Correct? Gum dissolves very quickly. Really? Moves. Yep. I mean, yes, it's made partially out of rubber, but the hydrochloric acid will break that down. And then eventually it'll become super hard and it's going to pass through anyways. Pennies should um, usually pass. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually a big complaint in the pediatric ER is when kids swallow coins. And you have to count the change? Yes. At the end. But we also tell them, hey, there's a certain size that will pass through the pylorus, which they actually didn't mention. So I was very happy. Um, but there's a certain size that won't. And that's when we would have to go in and dig for So them. half dollars are a no-go. No. Quarters actually below, I believe, two years old will not pass. But if they're older, they've worn down enough? No, because your sphincter is bigger. Oh, so two-years old child, not two-year-old quarter. Yeah. That makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> You know, those coins from, like, now 2019 totally will pass. Yeah, 2020. 2020, 2020 no, Prep 2021, them. you're screwed. Those aren't going to pass at all. But <laughs> I should have clarified. I thought, are, are the ridges different? So that's actually how you can tell if it's a quarter versus a nickel. Is the ridges. Are the ridges. 
Um, but also you're supposed to look for the double rim if you're worried about a button battery too. Because those, oh yeah, those are ones you. If they pass, it's great. Mm-hmm. If they don't, you need to go fish them out. Um, did I t- did I don't know if we talked about how one of the first primary treatments we do now if you swallow a button battery if no. it's in your stomach, we give them honey because it'll just coat it and and that way it won't discharge. Hmm. So that's actually one of the new treatments now. So like. We'll give them two or three packets of honey and just tell them to drink it all. And then hopefully that'll coat the battery so it won't destroy. That was my basic diet as a child. Was honey. So I should have eaten more batteries. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your basic diet was button batteries. <laughs> That's how you get all your nickel yeah. and lithium. Now, should a penny stick around, will it eventually it digest? It eventually will digest. Um, but it's going to take a really, really long time. So most of the time, kids will just poop it out. If you think about it, all the food you eat will just sweep up the the penny and then move it along along um, through the whole digestive path, and it'll end up a Lincoln log. Yes, you're just full of them today. <laughs> um, it's it is also one of those few situations. I'm like, I don't know if I want to give you a laxative because poop is protective and liquid poop is not. Yeah, and it might hurt a little bit when you pass that penny. Ultimately, uh-huh. like when you when Lincoln's crowning. It might hurt a little bit. Or Washington. Mm-hmm. Or Jefferson. Or Jefferson. Hopefully not Kennedy or Eisenhower. Roosevelt will definitely pass through. Kind of like when your dog eats something that they shouldn't, you give them pumpkin because a lot of fiber and it'll... Yeah. You want to coat it with some fluffy stuff, not mm-hmm. mush it through. You don't want to like jam it through the sink right. or the drain hole. No plunger. No. I mean, you could, but it's just going to make it move up and down. It's just going to... Plungers don't po- remove poop. It just makes it so that the poop's a different co- configuration to pass through. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Not a plumbing podcast. No. Although kind <laughs> of a plumbing episode. It is. It's all plumbing. I'm trying to think, where where did I go? Oh, yeah. Then they ended up in the bowel. Then they ended up in the bowel. And I said it was very quick that they got there. Because? I think they got there in less than a few hours. Mm-hmm. They got there very quickly. Again, took the very scenic route. But and had there. a spaceship. Yes. They weren't relying on the body's natural movement. Yes. Ebbs and flows. Yes. They they were kind of caught up in the ebbs and flows of the heart, mm-hmm. for sure, though. But they were moving. They got through there. Well, then Leela got there, killed everybody, wanted to save all the organisms, mm-hmm. because Fry's so smart and awesome now. Right. But then Fry didn't want that, and then ended up in the colon again, except he took the most direct route. Yeah, he 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 went he went in the out hole. Also, I just thought of this. He had a full lunch. That's true. That was a very pristine um trip. Yes, that is a nice way to say it, but it was a very pristine trip. Which makes me wonder, where did all the poop go? Maybe the worms. Yes. Maybe the worms, but also that means he's work he's running at which is one of my favorite lines, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, 100% efficiency. Because <laughs> everything he ate got processed. You would think that if he did have a movement of some sort, he would break off a piece of, of um, the castle mm-hmm. and then sent it down the way. Because that castle was made out of a fork and a knife, and that looked real sharp. So I didn't catch that somehow. There is, it's definitely made out of fork and knife and something else in there. So it looked real sharp and not a pleasant. I have questions. Uh, yes. These are questions for uh, Ken Keeler and Matt Groening yes. and David Cohen yeah. and not for Jackson Vane. Yeah. And, and then from there, we've got mo- taking the elevator up to the brain. 
Yeah, I did not appreciate that at all. I figured that the worms put that in. What? The elevator. But how would it connect, though? It's more like a turbo lift in Star Trek. It's not like one straight straight shot. Is it like a Wonkovator? Yeah, exactly. But even then, if you think about your gut, what pathway would you even take up to your you, to your brain? You know, they they put together some bypasses. Just like the last episode. Yeah, we there's a stent. <laughs> I don't know if that would work. Um, but sure, but it's very direct. I will mm-hmm. say. But then they end up in the empty room, Brayman again, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess he cut his hand-eye coordination lobe. Um, that lobe is huge. <laughs> uh, it's usually called the parietal lobe. Um, there's something called the homunculus too, which is the layout of how your nerves are innervated. And it goes from like one part of the parietal lobe, which is on the top of your skull, and it kind of goes around the side. So it's basically a hemisphere. That mm-hmm. whole part is your parietal lobe. So it's very easy to damage parts of it, but not like how he did swinging like Zorro and slicing nerves mm-hmm. left and right and then complaining of pain, which also you don't have pain receptors in your brain. Right. I'm sure everyone's watched like those old timey surgeries where they're, they're operating on some dude's brain. and he's No, not that. everyone has watched that. That's like, really? Yeah. That's like. You have a certain set of interests that led to you cutting. Well, you don't cut people open. I don't cut people open. But there's like videos of people doing math problems while their brain is being worked Mm -hmm. on while they're awake. Yeah, no, some people watch wrestling on YouTube. So do I. (laughs) I mean, you're you're still, the argument does not work here. I still (laughs) watch wrestling on YouTube. Um, But it is a thing where there are no pain receptors in the brain, which allows these surgeons to do surgery on someone who's awake so they can actually localize what part of the brain is bad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, nowadays, it's very different. You because have we have things like MRIs and MRIs and CTs and also localization, where they would actually do a 3D map of your skull, then do an MRI, and then map those together. And they have like, almost looks like VR towers. Mm-hmm. And then you can actually put a probe and then see exactly where it's part, what's, what part it's touching on the MRI to map it all out. So it's actually really cool now. But it does not relate to cutting the hand-eye coordination lobe. Mm-hmm. But there was one lobe he did mention that potentially can kill you. Which was the medu- medulla oblongata? Yes, which we just called the medulla. Um, I just remember medulla oblongata from, from Waterboy. Water, Waterboy, exactly. It does not, in Waterboy, it says it controls his aggression. It does not. It, it's it's your brainstem, basically, It is your right? brainstem, yeah. And we call it the reptilian brain because that's like kind of like, the base, the most basic of all brains. That's the thing that keeps you going. You can technically stay "quote unquote" alive just with your medulla. So that does regulate your heart rate. It regulates your breathing. It kind of regulates what keeps you alive, mm-hmm. but it doesn't keep what's you you. Um, one of the biggest concerns is if you damage your brain a lot. Let's say by cutting a lot of stuff, it swells up and pushes your brainstem. And all the brain contents to mush it down. We call it like herniation. And brainstem herniation usually leads to death. And I think that's one of those things I think he was talking about. However, there's part of your brainstem that if you have a stroke there, it's like a, de- a fate worse than death, I think. Called locked-in syndrome. I think we talked about it before. Mm-hmm. That's that, I think that's a fate worse than death. Where you're just trapped inside your body and can only move your eye up and down. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. For him, that was the big threat that he was able to do to get the worms to leave his body 
eventually, which I feel like would have been a process because mm-hmm. there's only one way out. Yeah, but they might have they, they chose an orderly route. Yeah, but it's not going to be an orderly route in his pants. Fair. Like, I hope they chose. And to... he was well, he, he went to the bathroom. <laughs> no, he didn't. He wasn't in the bathroom. No, he, he was... wasn't. He went straight to Leela's house. He was in Leela's house. And then he went back to the labs. Yeah. He was just sitting in the uh, in the front room. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, um, when did the, the worms choose to leave orderly? Did they mm. wait? Did they wait for him to go to the restroom or did they just hit the, the leave button and blew a hole in his pants? <laughs> Things I didn't think about until right just now. now. Yeah. Um, do you know how you would get rid of worms IRL? I know how you'd find them and that's scotch tape. Which, you know, that's how we used to were taught how to, you can do scotch tape to look for them. Uh, a lot of times you can just see them. But, but how how would you get rid of them? Uh, meds. Okay. Albendazole, mabendazole, surprisingly not ivermectin. Um, <laughs> that's for other parasites. But usually the something that ends in azole works pretty well to get those those worms out of your body. But it depends on what kind of worms they are. Okay. These look like friendly smart worms that you can reason with to leave your gut. That, yeah, that's that's yeah. that's the ideal. Yeah, but this episode was a journey. It was it was all over the place, um, but I really liked it. Okay. It's probably one of my favorite. It's one of the top Futurama episodes easily. It's like one of the ones that people will think about that are not sad. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of how I think about it. So it's one of your favorite episodes. Yes, but is it one of the most accurate episodes? I ask that. Because the human centipede bills itself as 100% medically accurate. And if that's the case, how medically accurate is Season 3, Episode 2 of Futurama, uh, Parasites Lost? You know, I know our lowest score was like Lucy, right? It's Mm -hmm. like 10%. They, at least this got some medical terminology correct. (laughs) Uh, Our lowest score is Crank 2, which got a 1% because we felt bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's not that bad. It's better than Lucy. I'll mm-hmm. give you that because at least I'm not pained like I saw Lucy and going, none of this makes sense. But we gave it 10% because we used 10% of our brain. That's I think that's the reason mm-hmm. why we gave it 10%, right? Um, 30%. Because they actually, the pyloric is correct. The nerves sound real. The medulla oblongata, definitely real. Um, no. Twenty percent. Twenty. Ooh. I mean, look. I like the episode. I I run into the Greg Winter dilemma of I really like this, but I got to use something to judge it. Yeah. It's it. We're we're not rating the quality of the episode. We're no. rating the accuracy of the episode. Yes. And in that case, I think twenty percent is a fair thing. Also, he has four fingers. Yeah, but we knew that. We all not medically accurate. We also learned that the true evolution of. Man, one day will grow five fingers from The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I still remember that episode of The Simpsons. I think it was on Time Magazine. Like, did you know we're going to grow five fingers one day? Weird. Weird. Yes. Okay. Uh, anything you would have done to make it more medically accurate while still having it be what it is? Uh, start from the mouth. Start from the or mouth. Or the butt. Yeah. Um, also, to make it funny, you talk about Fry's Lunch. Find, find the lunch. Yes. I think that would have made it really funny, just going like, oh, clearly Fry just had lunch, and then seeing what exactly happens mm-hmm. to it with the worms. I mean, again, 22-minute episode, right? Right. Got to cut for time. You could still do it. 
there's a lot of things you can kind of talk about. Okay. So it's doable, but very enjoyable episode. Midsummer level? No, but you should definitely still watch yeah. it. Midsummer, that is. Yeah. Definitely watch, definitely watch Midsummer. All right. Well, thanks, folks, for listening. We will be back next week. Uh, and yeah, uh, getting close to the holidays. So uh, if you celebrate, stay safe. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.